Welcome back to Essential Viewing. I'm Cole Beelan. We've got a special episode for you guys this week as Bryce, Christian, and myself were all together in person to watch Samurai Cop, the 1991 action film directed by Amir Shervin. Some friends of ours joined us and we recorded our reactions to this wild movie in real time. We then sat down after to discuss our favorite scenes, some interesting facts about this film, and whether or not films like Samurai Cop can be made nowadays. We'll be going back to our classic format next week with Christian's pick to watch Goodfellas, the 1990 classic gangster film directed by Martin Scorsese. Let us know what you thought about Samurai Cop or share some other films you'd like us to watch by leaving us a voice message using the link in the description. Thanks for joining us today and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome to a very, very special episode of Essential Viewing. This week, the crew is actually assembled in person to discuss the 1991 film Samurai Cop. I'm your host this week, Bryce Kramer, and I'm joined by Christian Cuevas and Cole Bilan. So Samurai Cop is a 1991 action crime thriller film directed by Amir Shervan, starring uh, Robert Zadar, Matthew Carreras, and Mark Fraser. If you've never heard of any of these people before, there's a very good reason for that. Um, little background on the movie. Uh, Joe Marshall, our main character, played by Matthew Carreras, the, main, the man with the hair. Um, he's, he's moved into L.A. from San Diego to help take down a, a Japanese drug gang named the Katana or the Yakuza. I don't know. There's, there's, I don't know. Who's I was following the plot. There's a, there's a couple of... There's a couple of gangs in there, and he's trying to take them down with his partner, his partner Frank. Um, so yeah, that that's the basic premise. That's really all you need to know. It's just a yeah. an all-out action film. So let, let's see what we let's see what we thought around the table here. First, um, first thing I want to point out is um, so you mentioned Matthew Kratos, and I was confused at first because the man himself he changed his name. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say the film. I think he, he goes by Matt Hannon now. But the movie was so bad, he dropped I'm off trying the face to get of the rep off of him. Yeah, he dropped sure. up the face of the earth. <laughs> you dead named him, Bryce. <laughs> Whoops. But um, but no, I mean, I, I myself, I know we all like to we say we have diverse tastes in film, but uh, this is this is like right up my alley. This is like that that like C tier, very endearing, like definitely not made bad on purpose. But when it all comes together, it just it, it all falls apart. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I think everyone uh, that. Uh, is it like we'll we'll watch this movie? Is like actively seek stuff out like this. We'll enjoy it unless you just like really like samurai or you really like cops. <laughs> um, I don't know, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I feel like I feel like there's two kinds of of these movies. There's like, you know, there, there's the movies that are like kind of like horror movies, for example, that are like silly on purpose, like, mm-hmm. you know, like zombie or something mm-hmm. like that, right? And like those can be fun, but every once in a while, you know, you have one of these movies where like they were really trying to make mm-hmm. a great action movie you know it was an earnest attempt and it failed you know yeah. and i feel like when you have that like that that genuine striving to make a great film but it's just missing the mark by so far like mm-hmm. i feel like those are like just another level of funny yeah you know there's like this valley of badness where yeah. like you're on you can either you you either have like a great film then in the middle it's just like trash and right. not even worth watching and then you get out onto the other side yeah and it's like it's so bad it's so it's bad incredible. it's good and, but yeah, that earnestness is like really there. And there was yeah. something that I listened to or watched this interview with Matt Hannon, the, the star. And he said that um, the, the director, Amir Shervan, was just like, he wanted, he's like, all these scenes were like intentional. He's like, oh, I yeah. want to do 
the scene where the, the the big action star is flirting with the nurse and they're talking about <laughs> they're talking about his, his dick and apparently that whole scene was ad-libbed okay oh, really? yeah like they just were like there and they're like talking about it and she like went up and she like really she grabbed him huh. and and he was like okay let's do this i mean a lot um, of the scenes were like they dubbed in the lines yeah. Yeah. later after the film had occurred because i think they probably didn't have the script finished at the point where they didn't even know what lines they wanted. Yeah. Well, they shot, I mean, at least when I was reading, they shot a lot of the scenes like totally, I mean, you can tell because mm-hmm. the backgrounds are changing constantly throughout yeah. the scenes, but they shot a lot of the scenes like totally piecemeal. Yeah. Um, including <laughs> the uh, the famous uh, speech restaurant scene, the speech. <laughs> well, I'm telling these son of a bitches that we respect the Japanese of this country who are honest businessmen. <laughs> and yeah, this is the land of opportunity. For legitimate business, what? not for death merchants <laughs> to distribute drugs to our children through schools and on the streets. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> telling these motherfuckers <laughs> they continue killing our children to make their precious millions that they deposit in their secret Swiss bank account. <laughs> Counselor, before your lawsuit even gets off the court clerk's desk, I'll have their stinking bodies in garbage bags and ship them back to Japan for fertilizer. <laughs> and you too. For uh, Matt Hannon's shots, he was just in uh, Amir Shervan's office yep. alone. It was just him and the camera yeah. recording the speech, and yeah. then they just cut to the shots of all the, the gangsters at the table in the restaurant. Apparently, the, the, the process of this movie, they shot it, they shot did the initial shooting in three weeks. Yeah. Matt Hannon then went and he cut his hair, right. and which is why for half, half the movie he's wearing a wig. Right. And then, um, and then you know, the director said, Hey, we have to do pickups. And he's like, Oh, okay, we'll, we'll knock these out in a couple of days. And they did half of them in his office. <laughs> you um, can see in the movie when. His hair changes from his natural hair yeah. to the wig, like, <laughs> shot to shot. They, and like speaking of these, these kind of like you get these like extreme close-ups that everyone has the same background. Um, when and, and like the <laughs> the lack of attention to detail um, that, that comes with that. But the scene, the final like final boss fight between uh, Robert Zadar's character Fuji Yamashita. 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 Sorry, not Fujiyama. <laughs> um, and uh, and and then Matt Hannon as the samurai cop. I like this enjoyed this wide shot of the two of them like, yeah. like fifty yards apart, yeah. like squaring up. And then it cuts to them head on, and they they're doing like some sword flourishes. Yeah. And I remember noticing like, oh, there's like they they cut between from from samurai cop to his his rival, mm-hmm. and and then I was like, oh, there's something weird about that cut. And they literally both have the same background. Like they literally just like they they yeah, said. They, they didn't even turn it on. They just like set up yeah, the camera. Yeah. They said, "Okay, do some flourishes." All right, I'll get the hell off yeah. the screen. We're gonna leave the camera here. We're keep, yeah. we're rolling still. And then he did other guys yeah. some flourishes. They had the exact same like mountain in the background. Yeah. And there were, there were very very brief flashes of like cinematic potential mm. in the in the film. Just mm. it was just like small moments, like maybe one shot that actually yeah. looked good. Yeah, you know, I like I really like the moment when they're having the big fight in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, Samurai Cop is squaring off against this guy who's got, he's stolen his sword mm-hmm. and he's just barehanded. And I don't know what his sidekick's name even was. I think it's Frank. 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 Oh, yeah. And Frank's like, what are you going to do? Just fight him barehanded? And- oh! oh! What are you going to do? Fight this guy barehanded? He's just standing there. Ah! Ah! Oh! <laughs> Indiana Jones did. <laughs> 
really slowly just like pulls out his gun and it's this great shot where like he's in the background and samurai comes up front like just like ready to fight and he just like shoots him and that's it you know yeah, yeah and then, like there's some moments here that were like genuinely clever yeah. i think um and they they, I mean, they recycled that bit like later on yeah. the same shit oh but... there's also there's also the great part where um they have to go over a fence to get to the, <laughs> the bad guy's hideout samurai cop himself decides to climb over the fence mm. and then his partner frank goes under it and he's and samurai cop's like frank why'd you go under the fence he's like Cause i'm an undercover cop that was also a <laughs> that was ad-lib. that was legitimately funny <laughs> yeah but and then and then uh frank i, I can't I, i'm not sure the actor's name who plays uh is psychic frank washington but he he turns and like looks dead into the camera like it, yeah. it's kind of far away and it's hard to notice but that scene was also apparently ad libbed. Yeah. They were just like, "Oh, like, well, I, I, he's the the actor was like, I don't want to climb over the fence. I don't feel <laughs> safe doing that. I'll go underneath." And he's like, yeah. We should say you're an undercover cop. I mean, to be fair, getting like when you when you have like a scene with like two or three or four people in it, getting all of the eye lines right mm-hmm. is like pretty hard. Yeah. But like, I don't think there was one instance in this movie where they got yeah, it right like everybody was looking left yeah. looking right looking up looking yeah. down <laughs> inconsistencies like the the color correction was yeah. something that we talked about yeah. in like every scene every shot every was shot like a different, different color yeah. like some some guys looked like beet red like they were like and it was and it would like get progressively worse during a scene like um there's the the part where he's like leaving the restaurant and he's like as he's walking out he's in like a nightclub yeah. or something <laughs> and then these guys come up and challenge him and it, it, everyone is just like red yeah. and then like it, it, as the scene goes on they cut back to the samurai cop and he's it's like more <laughs> like incandescent red yeah uh, yeah it, it's just like I don't know something about that and I know it was like 1991 I don't I don't know much about like you know how color correction technology was in the past. I think they figured it out by 1991. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently, um, I guess some scenes were added, but I was, I was reading that a lot of the scenes, like the director was very, um, you know, similar to Quentin Tarantino. Mm. He was very like specific, like you have to say the lines no, as well. they're written, yeah. specifically like the, the, the speech scene. Like oh, apparently yeah. there was an argument where Hannon was saying like, we wouldn't say, I'm telling you, son of a bitches, what the director said. You have to say it like that. And, like, <laughs> and I'm so glad he did. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that. The director was right. Yeah. I was yeah. reading a little background on the director. He's actually um from Iran. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he like studied in California, then went back to Iran like to start his film career. Mm-hmm. But it was like an era where there was like heavy censorship yeah. in Iran. So like he couldn't really get his own or like he was making the stuff like the government would take it, cut it up. Yeah. and change lines just do whatever they wanted to it's so when he came back to america like to get a little more freedom mm-hmm. and like he actually had his own film studio <laughs> i don't know how he was able to get the cash for that yeah. but there's a couple more films like this out there yeah yeah i will bryce and i were talking i think before you came into the room chris that um that this is amir sherman's last film right wow. which was like i mean Hopefully the best was safe for last, but yeah. his, one of his previous movies was called "Killing American Style," which is like an amazing title. Um, is that where that's where they rob the ice cream trucks? Yes. I have to say, like, um, sort of like a meta conversation about movies in general. I feel mm. like one thing I appreciate about watching movies, you know, from like the eighties and nineties, like there was like weirdness. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you don't you don't see too much weirdness in movies anymore right. everything feels kind of like All clean it feels clean yeah. polished you know and like even even in, even in movies 
from the past that were clean and polished, you'd still have like a weird character or something. I feel like, so I feel like, you know, obviously like technically, um, you know, there's issues, but I do appreciate like, you know, just something that's like not so polished mm-hmm. and so like, you know, fits so ne- neatly into like exactly the story you'd expect. Although this didn't really have a story at all. No. No. <laughs> yeah. It, it's interesting. Like the only, like the closest thing I can think of that is like a contemporary version of this like movie that's so bad and like was done in earnest is like 2016 Suicide Squad. Yeah. Like that movie, and it, that's like borderline. It's, it's like starting to get out of the valley to where it's like so bad it's it's like okay to watch. But that yeah. movie is like bad. Um, yeah. And it's it, there seems to be at least like I mean, about a decade like later you've got the room. Yeah. yeah. Kind of the most quintessential type of this movie. It's not obviously it's not an action film, but no. But but yeah, there seems there's like the sweet spot of like the the late '80s, early '90s, yeah. where it's just like a man with like a very limited budget yeah. is like just trying his best <laughs> to make something, and it just like fails completely. I mean, fails so fails and then succeeds. But I think it's you know it it, it was more expensive because like you could do it on a limited budget, but it was still like much more expensive than it would be now. Mm-hmm. Like if you were to make a film, you still had to get like a camera, you had yeah. to buy film, yeah. like. You know, it, it was still like, like they were saying that, like, uh, I was reading that they only did like one take basically of everything mm-hmm. in this movie because, like, he just couldn't afford to buy more film. Yeah. You know, so I think, like, still the barrier of entry that was high enough so that if someone was making a film, it still was going to be like quasi professional, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to now, like, people wouldn't necessarily make a film if they were someone like Amir Sherman. They would make like a TikTok or something like that. You yeah. know what I mean? So I think that's also like part of what's changed. Mm-hmm. No, that's an interesting point. It's like, and it's almost a way, you know, you, you say like, uh, in the face of adversity, you get creativity. Yeah. And so, but in this case, it's like the, the, that adversity, like the limited budget and, and maybe inexperience is something that like, it, it really does restrict you, but it turns out good in the end. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, this, this definitely is like added to the pantheon of like oh, yeah. the great, like late eighties trash, the other ones that come or like, but like fun trash, yeah. the ones that come to mind, obviously the Miami, Miami connection. connection, similarly themed. Yeah. Um, there's Ninja a, three, the domination. domination. That, the, have you seen that? I haven't seen that. Oh, one. That one's incredible. That's like, there's a scene with, um, there's the infamous yoga V8 scene. Yes. The, <laughs> this woman is just like, like pouring V8 juice on her body. Yeah. And there's also another great scene where, the main character, main character is like the hairiest man alive, mm-hmm. and he's he's like in the the gym, like working out, and they're just like there's just shots of like other guys in the gym just like staring, they're like oh, and they're staring at asses, and it's just it's absurd. We also got um, Deadly Prey. Deadly Prey, that one was great. Um, I honestly thought that the 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 lead in Samurai Cop, Mad Hand, was the lead in Deadly Prey because he's a very similar looking. <laughs> yeah. He has like long hair. Well, like, that was like muscle. the look. I read somewhere that a couple of things about Matt Hannon that he he moved to LA and before he was like a successful actor or successful actor an actor <laughs> he he was a bodyguard for, for Sylvester Stallone oh, really? and he was like oh I want to get a piece of this action I want <laughs> I want if I can be one percent of the actor that Sylvester Stallone can then like he'll may have made it as far as his acting goes like obviously like the line delivery mm-hmm. was problematic <laughs> but he did have like good screen presence yeah you know what i mean he like he had the physicality of it kind of down mm-hmm. you know what i mean like he, he he's he he takes up space on yeah. the screen he's not awkward as he moves and mm-hmm. stuff which is like an accomplishment 
Like, so you have to, I think you have to give him a bit of credit for that. But you know, when, as soon as he starts talking, it kind of goes downhill. I was, just, yeah. I was just reading on the IMDb trivia page, so take this with a grain of salt. But he only ate like pulled chicken throughout the entire filming of yeah, this movie. So we, can, so we can look as lean as possible. <laughs> oh, yeah. those, those scenes on the beach. Yeah, he looked good. He, he, he looked, looked good. Yeah. Um, I wonder how tall he is. He looked oh. extremely tall. Oh, really? The beach. You I mean, on the so? beach, he looked like he was like 6'5", yeah. at least. Oh, Which, you know, isn't that tall for essential viewing. Uh, of course. That's, that's average. But... <laughs> let's, see, let's see if we can find out. Um, I, speaking of like stage or screen presence, I, I actually like kind of enjoyed Robert Zadar in this movie. Oh, yeah. Like he he like looked he's like pretty intimidating. I know that his whole like he has he has this thing with his jaw is like really def- <clears throat> like ex- like really defined. Mm-hmm. And but like with a beard and like his ponytail and like he he was like a pretty I think formidable villain. His and I, I think that Robert Zadar wasn't like his accent acting wasn't also like you know off the charts. Yeah. But it was um but he was like pretty sinister. Yeah. And in that final fight scene when they, they square off uh from fifty yards away. It was uh it was good. I enjoyed it. He looks it. pretty baller in the in the yeah. leather jacket as oh. well. He had a different outfit every scene yeah. too. <laughs> I think that those are much more enjoyable, you know, like the laughs per minute or the the crap per minute in those I think is higher and more outrageous than, than you get in this one. Mm-hmm. But um <laughs> There are some there are some great nuggets in this movie. I, I don't know. I mean, like Hard Ticket is like near apex territory, I think. <laughs> yeah. But like, we only watched a handful of those movies in the Guns, Girls, and G-Strings box set. Yeah, and a lot of them were, were horrible. Yeah, like, like, like far below Samurai Cop. Yeah. Uh, I just saw Matt and Matt Hannon's first movie is called American Revenge, which is <laughs> another excellent title. Another another interesting fact, and again, this is just from his Wikipedia page, but that apparently. After you know, Samurai Cop crashed and burned. Uh, he, he the next year he was arrested and I think oh. went to jail for like for uh, armed robbery. He like uh. stole a painting. Oh, like, oh okay, that sounds like a great movie, like, yeah. actual movie. Yeah, <laughs> the but the biopic, the Matt, <laughs> the Matt Hannon biopic. Painting was found in the home. Uh, oh, it was in the home of the stunt coordinator who worked on the set of Samurai Cop. But yeah, you can do some do some massaging of the yeah. plot there. Yeah, I don't think until Amir Shervin's death that any of these movies were really yeah. watched yeah, appreciated or appreciated by anyone. Yeah. yeah. The the interesting thing, I and I mean like it's 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 tough. So you have these these movies like this, like if like Tommy Wiseau, you know, the room has achieved this like incredible cult status yeah. and then he can't he like directed another movie recently i don't remember what it was or it was this called like frenemies or something i don't know if you can like recreate no. that, that lightning strike i never no. saw it but there's a sequel to samurai cop right with yeah. tommy wiseau in the movie wait really yeah tommy oh. wiseau is in samurai cop tommy wiseau is in samurai cop oh too. my god but okay. i'm sure it's the same kind of situation where now they are purposefully yeah. trying oh. to make like a pile of garbage. But if you're just, consciously aware of it, yeah. you can't. I don't think it it's possible. It doesn't land the same way. Yeah. Oh. Then you're trying to be funny. Yeah. Like that movie wasn't trying to be funny. Like it was yeah. serious. Like yeah. they thought it was serious. Yeah. Like it can, it can work with like a B horror movie or something like that. Like it can't be mm-hmm. horror movie, but it's a completely different kind of humor yeah. you get than the when like when is the last time? I, mean, I guess you mentioned the Suicide Squad, but like mm-hmm. it's it's not possible to to make a movie like this anymore. Yeah, like, like I mean, they might be coming out, but they're probably just coming out like direct to Amazon Prime Video. Yeah. Oh, know, oh, like, that's true. I've seen some. Garbage you're not like no, nothing like this is ever going to get a wide theatrical release. No, that's true. I mean, you saw um, 
a dark foe. Yes, a dark a foe. A couple of weeks okay. ago in a theater. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I, I think it's tough now. I think that the like the amount of money required. I mean, I'm sure that it costs more to make. It definitely costs more to make a film. Let's say similar quality, similar concept film. You know, 2021 versus 1981. Yeah. The cost overall, adjusted for inflation, is probably still lower in, in, in 81. I, well, would, I, I would think it's cheaper now. Really? Because you can just, like, you can just get, you can go to Best Buy. And your camera. If you don't care about lighting and all that yeah. stuff, you know. Okay. The sound was not good in that movie, so you could yeah. probably do it on the cheap. I think everyone now is so conscious of, like, the media and yeah. entertainment, right? Like, everyone is conscious of it. So I feel like... Just the earnestness of it mm-hmm. is something that would be hard to replicate. There's like, there's, it's a, it's like a, it's closer to perfect information, right? Like, every, yeah. like because people are into yeah. what's coming out, it, yeah. it's like this stuff can't, you can't like get it under the radar, yeah. right? And I think that there's probably something to be said about like the studio system and like financing, yeah. just like not wanting to make shit like this. They only want, they only <laughs> want one billion dollars slam dunk. Yeah. So th- this movie was actually never released in theaters, and it wasn't even released on DVD until 2004. What? They, like, found the, the film was, like, in... Maybe you tried to get it released when it came out, but when it was filmed, nobody nobody would take it. Oh. It was stored and then eventually found and, okay. and released on DVD. Okay. So, so it's, like, yeah. So it's, it's the, the same, system. It's the same line of, like, the random crap. Look, I mean, I'd rather go to a movie on. theater and watch this than just watch something that's just bad and there's just no joy in it. Because, I mean, I've seen some movies recently in the, in the movie theater that were, like, there's nothing redeeming about them. So, like, at least this movie, it does entertain mm-hmm. and delight the audience of course. with its charms. And, like... That's that's an accomplishment in itself. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think we all enjoyed this like, quite a bit, oh, right? Yeah, like, do you guys have? I think I think I, I can guess what the our all of our favorite parts were collectively. <laughs> yeah, there's a forty five second clip that is like yeah. goes in the halls of, of film <laughs> history, yeah. legendary status speech. But do you guys have any specific thing about the film that you actually like? You also enjoyed along with the legendary restaurant speech. I mean, I, I liked the chemistry between. Uh, Samurai Cop and Frank, and uh-huh. I thought Frank was like a great like. Yeah, um, they need to make some of his facial reactions. Yeah, like, meme. Like, yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I think like half of the 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 cutaways to him like either laughing or like, he like, looks at the camera <laughs> and like some fucking sitcom shit. He, he looked like he was having a good time yeah. as they were filming. He looked like he was having a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, I, I I saw I found a couple gifts online that I'm definitely gonna I want to like keep in like a folder so I can like have them <laughs> ready to go. Meme, yeah. Um, but like, I definitely enjoyed how bad the action scenes were. Yeah, um, and you can clearly tell that like some of the the gunshots and bullets hitting people are are actually just paintballs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and another thing is like, so there's a very clear moment in the movie where like there, it's kind of getting toward the, the final action scene, final boss fight, and there there's like there's no blood. They literally you, some of the sometimes the guns like there's no there's no noise that goes. Yeah. That you see like a click. And and so like I think that was uh, I read or heard, or heard in this interview that Amir Sherman was like cutting together the movie as it was going, and they take a break from filming for a week, and he like go and he's like, okay, what do I need still? And he probably like go to try to like rustle up more funds. I've heard that's a yeah. thing that, that happens yeah, sometimes. Um, but they just like completely they like ran out of money for squibs, yeah. like no more or paintballs, like no more no more blood. People just like clutch their chests and they fall. Um, the thing I thought was funny was that like it's supposedly like I don't know like Japanese. Gangs, but like the the, the onslaught of henchmen that come are yeah. like so diverse yeah. and like it's there's like a particular so. uh, 
bad guy that like late in the movie that there's a shootout with and the guy is like he's a big guy yeah. you know and he's like trying to hide behind the tree but he's like wider than the tree <laughs> he's like moving so slowly with his yeah. and it's so sad when he gets shot he just like clutches his chest and he like takes like five minutes to yeah you know this man had no chance yeah you know, like i think you said during that when we were recording or like during the movie you said you just had yeah, lunch. you just had lunch. i was like yo frank like minutes like get away from craft services it's time for your speech but yeah, I mean, I think I agree with you guys on all those points. I actually like the soundtrack was was quite yeah. good in like a, in that like fun synthy yeah. like kind of minimal eighties eighties action way. But um, I uh yeah, the, there's the the scenes the sex scenes are scored incredibly. Yeah. There's this like kind of like synth based yeah. like, at, at certain points to punctuate some lines of dialogue, which are like amazing. I was, I was reading about the sex scenes that um he uh, Amir Sherman wanted to really like take them up to 11 oh, and uh, oh, no. the matt hand was talking about how uncomfortable it was like doing these scenes with amir shervan like directly off camera like, like whispering into his ear oh, telling him to do this and do that i feel like um you know when you you watch a, a film you know it's more like commoner has been has had a wider audience you can like go online and find clips and find references but like i was trying to find information about like you know the soundtrack for this movie or yeah. like any specific details but it just hasn't had that exposure where people like take the time to like generate these these things that we expect to see on the internet right and so that might be that might be job for i need the soundtrack for, for, the, for the gym yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay no samurai cop clips for your consideration <laughs> That's what it is. Check that website or check the YouTube channel out. Uh, it's great. Someone put in this 13,000 uh, subscribers, but it deserves many, many more. Someone put a lot of time and effort to kind of cut these these excellent moments together. Yeah. So I but, think I think we're gonna have a bit of a shorter episode this week. Mm -hmm. I think we're gonna start wrapping it up now. Yeah. If there's any last words, we can we can go around and give it <laughs> give it some scores. I don't know how how we're gonna score this movie, but. Yeah. Um, Cool. You have a you have a score in yeah, mind. Yeah, I have. I haven't you know done the full letterbox write up and, and scoring yet. I mean, we all have our own definitions. It's very difficult to compare this to say you know we watched, we watched Candyman last week. Yeah. Like I enjoyed watching this more than I enjoyed Candyman. That's how we're gonna rate things <laughs> yeah. like this. I do. I do think this is essential viewing for the folks for just having a laugh. Not definitely not high art, but it's a a, a great time. And so I'd give this you know I think I'd give this a three and a half stars out of five yeah well it's um <clears throat> it's hard to like obviously compare this to like you know like actual movies you know it's not like you can't like like giving it like a star rating like oh like i would put uncut gems here and samurai cop here it doesn't yeah, make any sense no. i feel like it's different than like a film right it's not it's like it's sort of just like an entertainment yeah peace experience yeah. experience yeah, really the samurai is. cop experience and as an experience I would say that it was pretty enjoyable. I mean, mm -hmm. I we laughed and had fun yeah. and enjoyed it. So like, I mean, I don't know as a movie, if you want my objective letterbox film rating, oh. I mean, it will, half a star. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't think they'll actually let you give less than half a star yeah. on letterbox. Um, they just interpret it as no rating. So, you know, I, but it feels like saying half a star makes it feel like I'm like saying, "Oh, this is stupid! Like no one should ever watch this." But you should watch it. And it watch is, it. Watch it with a group of friends. Yes. Though I think if you're watching this like oh, on no, your computer by yourself, that. no, that, that, that would be a zero. That would be a horrible that. experience. That's an interesting thing about these movies is like they they like require an audience. Yes. Like yeah. I know Bryce, you and when you and I saw Dude Bro Party Massacre three, 
in the theater. We had a great time. And, that was, and it was like a big audience, yeah. but even, even like a smaller crowd, it just did, didn't really work the second time. <laughs> but this group, like, get the get the lads together. Yeah, get a few beers going. A few, few beers, some jokes. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's great. It's a great time. Yeah, I, I follow the same, the same place as Chris, you know, as an actual movie, the lowest score. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, half a star, whatever. But as an experience, um, to get together to watch a funny movie, I'd say three stars because there are, you know, the hard ticket to Hawaii is the Miami connections. That mm. would be, I think is much more fun than this one, but, um, three star experience, half star movie. Yeah. Yeah. Get your friends together. Tell them you're watching Samurai Cop. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a good time. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll have, yeah. Great time. You can follow it up with a little bit of the Swinsky and the, whatever the hell the fuck that shit was called. Afterward, that, was, that was zero, zero stars. Welcome to the lab. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that's going to do it for us this week. It's Chris's pick next week. My pick. So you want to lay out what we're going to watch and let the fans know what they need to catch well, up I've, on. I've been tossing around on this one, but I, 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 there's a movie I was picking between two, but I realized that one of them, neither of you guys have seen. Mm. It's a classic. One of the greatest working directors and directors of all time, period. Martin Scorsese. Goodfellas. Okay. Oh, wow. We'll be watching that. We'll be talking about that. It's okay. it's an amazing movie, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to hear what you guys think of that one. All right. It's going to be fun. Yeah. yeah it's great time. New. I know it's a it's a classic, and this will help me build out my film, my film watching resume. Yeah. <laughs> build up, pad my letterbox. Yeah, um, so thank you so much for listening this week, everyone. I hope you had a good time. Um, join us next week for Goodfellas. That'll be it. I was Bryce Kramer. Christian Cuevas. And I'm Cole Beeling. All right, thanks for listening. No, it, it was bad. <laughs>